This is Beekeeper Confidential, a show about the curious lives of bees and their beekeepers. I'm your host, Mandy Shaw. Today's guest is a beekeeper, a cinematographer, and director of The Pollinators. His work on this film has earned numerous film festival awards, including the Rob Stewart Eco Warrior Award, the Gaia Prize for Environmental Filmmaking, the Best Cinematography Feature Documentary, and more. I was fortunate to be connected with him through Meredith May, author of The Honey Bus. I was also very lucky to be granted access to view the film prior to the National Day of Screening, which takes place on November 6th. I highly recommend this film, not just for beekeepers, but for anybody who likes to eat food. The Pollinators highlights the major and the lesser seen flaws in our agricultural system and how the migratory beekeepers are responding to the ongoing changes and challenges in order to keep our nation's crops pollinated. This was an amazing interview and I'm really delighted to introduce our guest, Peter Nelson. Hello, Peter. Hi, Peter. This is Mandy Shaw. Hey, Mandy. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? Good. I was just listening to you talk to Sam Comfort. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's hilarious. Yeah, he's really funny. He's a real character. I don't know him. Oh. Um, but I, I do have uh, uh, his queens in my hive, in one of my hives, anyway. I should probably get one of his queens, too, just, just because it's cool. Although, I'm West Coast, yeah. so I have this whole thing yeah, about... Yeah. Gotta have local bees, but yeah, I could no, probably exactly. make an exception for a Sam Comfort yeah. queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I really oh, appreciate cool. you making yourself available to talk with me today. Oh, thanks for having, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy your show. So. Oh, thank you so much. I um, I watched the movie last night and. I was so oh, blown away. It's it's incredible. Oh, it's, oh, good. No wonder you're getting so much attention for it. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, we're having a really good time with it. Yeah, it's really fun. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's, we're, we're getting such a great response to people um, kind of uh, taking it on and helping to publicize it um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, sort of go out and beat the bushes, uh, you know, to try and get people in to buy, the, buy tickets and get it get screenings in different places and i don't know if you saw the map or not but it's kind of crazy how how, how many places there's yeah it's really and it's really interesting from a distribution standpoint for a little documentary film um to to have this kind of uh distribution it's really unusual um to be able to uh uh, for a, a little film to be able to be in so many communities and so many communities that don't get a lot of independent films mm-hmm. because they go into, you know, the distribution is like, oh, we, you know, week in an art house in New York or Boston or L.A. or San Francisco or whatever, but not in like Waukesha, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think that that's really, so we're, we're, that really speaks to the importance of this film that you made. And that... It, yeah, I, it, yeah. Y- you did such a beautiful job of telling the truth of what what is happening oh. with our industry. Oh, 
Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're, 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 yeah, we're, we're getting, it's, um, you know, it's a, it's, we're getting a great response to it. And we're, we're actually out in Indianapolis, uh, now and we had a screening yesterday and, um, at a full house, you know, it was, wow. it was amazing. Congratulations. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Was this the outcome that you expected when you decided it, to make this film? You know, I didn't expect this. You know, it, this, um, you know, wasn't why I did it was to get, you know, in theaters. It was the, you know, I wanted to do this to tell a story. I never anticipated that we would be in, uh, in movie theaters with it because of the traditional distribution that independent documentaries get. Um, and, and also this kind of the way this, this distribution happened, um, was that this company approached us and they were interested in it. And we said, wow, this could really work for the little, you know, constituencies that we have, um, for the film, um, for, you know, with beekeepers, of course, but then also with environmentalists, gardeners, food people. And so all these people are kind of, it all touches every one of these groups as well as many others. And, and so we did not anticipate getting uh, into theaters with it at all. I never thought about that. And here you are. <laughs> and you, yeah, you've been great. picking up awards all over the place. I've been following your Instagram account and it seems like every day oh, yeah. is a new a new award, a new honorable mention. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great. I mean, it's not again, it's not why it, you know, I I just really wanted to try and tell the story yeah. and would be very happy if people wanted to go see it. Of course, it's really nice to get that recognition, but uh, I'm just really happy when people want to come up to you. So. What was your original spark of inspiration for, for creating this film? Because clearly it, it, so much work went into it. Yeah, so um, I I did a short film on bees in 2014, I think, called Dance of the Honeybee. Oh, yes. And it was a, just a, a six-minute film, yeah. And I guess that was kind of, I, I had a terrific response to that. I thought, well, it kind of encouraged me a little bit. And then once I got sort of plugged into the commercial migratory beekeepers and uh, realized how few people know that this happens and that, you know, how it happens and the importance of it. And I thought that's really a story that I didn't think had been told adequately. Um, and my day job is I'm a cinematographer and then I'm also a hobbyist beekeeper and I have very strong interest in food and agriculture. And so all these things kind of came together. And I said, you know, I might be a good person to try and take this on. And um, so that's what we did. And we had a tremendous amount of help along the way from people, um, you know, who, you know, gave us grants for high-speed cameras and, and things like that. So people really kind of rallied behind it. I really loved that you didn't just talk about commercial pollination that you also talked about soil health yeah and and that was um you know it's kind of an interesting sort of theory that i had um that you know you say bees and soil and most people say huh what's what's the what's the connection mm -hmm. but i really you know i believe very much in you know healthy soil and soil is an organism and that goes back to a class that i took um at the stone barn center in westchester kind of years ago just about soil health and really kind of percolated in me and I thought, well, this is, it's all connected, you know? And so getting there in the film was, uh, is a bit of a challenge because they aren't two things that necessarily go together in most people's minds. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think with the, you know, uh, John Lundgren 
and Lucas Criswell, the you know two people who really speak about it in the film, really are able to connect it to uh, soil health to bees. Yeah. You know, a good healthy yeah. um, soil and and crop rotation is really important. I think my biggest takeaway from the film is that it's not just for beekeepers; it's it's really for everybody to watch. It's important for everybody yeah, to I, see I, this. Yeah, I, I, I say to people, why, why should you care about this? And, and it's like, well, if you eat food, you should care about this, you know, yes. because it affects, affects every one of us. Um, it's not like we're going to starve, um, but the most important nutritious uh, stuff that we do eat is pollinated by insects, and most of it is pollinated by honeybees. Yeah. And so it really matters to every one of us every time we sit down and, um, you know, at a, at a meal. And so I, I, kind of jokingly say it's the really important story that most people don't know they need to know mm-hmm. uh, that what these this connection because we have this great time right now for making a film about bees is that most people know that there is a problem with bees but they don't know what it is right. and it's not one thing right. and so people I think people like to have the idea to say what is that one thing that's killing the bees well it's not one thing it's many things and so trying to um, kind of explain that a little bit and bring it out to people and then um you know give people an opportunity to do something about it was you know all stuff that was really important to me from the very get-go you did wonderfully i would love to hear about your hobby beekeeping yeah so um so i i've been keeping bees backyard bees uh anywhere from you know two to five hives only uh for you know 30 over 30 years 32 years maybe um since the pre-varroa days yeah yeah that's when i started you know it was right right there and um and i remember uh it's kind of funny i i remember i think my first or second year of uh keeping bees and and i went out my my bees were were dead you know one hive was dead and uh i i didn't really start with a mentor i i started you know, I read a bunch of books and there was no classes or anything. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of figured it out, you know, as much as I could on my own. But then I, I called Cornell. And, um, and so they said, oh, you should talk to Dr. Morse. And so they said, he's down in Florida now working on these. And so I, I called down there and it got, you know, uh, Dr. Morse, who was the guy at that time, who was eating lunch and happy to talk to me about uh, bees. And he said, it's probably Varroa. And it was just a, it was a new thing right then. Um, that was happening. So yeah, so it's been um, it's been you know a challenge uh, to to be a beekeeper in many ways. It still is, um, as you know, it's it's not for the faint of heart and has some frustrations with it. Yeah. But I love it, and um, I was just a you know I was always that kid that was could never be kept inside and <laughs> was always interested in what was living in the tree and under the rock, and and so I had some great teachers that you know sort of fostered that interest in, in nature and the world and and. So it was kind of a natural thing for me to, as a hobby for me to take on. Uh-huh. I'm curious if over over the years that you've been working with bees, has Varroa management changed or has Varroa changed that you've seen in your own hives? It's interesting. I've, I've tried different things of uh, over the years and I always, um, I'm one of those beekeepers that always want to and interested in trying different things yeah. and so i've um i've done everything from you know working with menthol and kind of homeopathic stuff to uh to hop guard which is what i've been using the last couple of years mm-hmm. to quite a few years when i didn't do anything i just tried to do natural selection uh of uh, see which hives and survive but i don't really have that many hives that that is 
that easy to do. Um, you have to have a certain number of hires and be willing to to lose a bunch of them to do that. So, yeah, for always, you know, it's, I think it's more of a serious problem now, and especially as more people are keeping bees. Um, that uh, I, I think, depending on where you live, uh, not so much where I live because we're pretty rural. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's pretty dense here in Portland. I mean, we have lots and lots of backyard beekeepers, and we're packed in pretty tight. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like you know, if you have a beekeeper that's near you that does not treat. Um, it's kind of sort of analogous to the, uh, you know, anti-vaxxers in a way, yeah. um, you know, long-term, you know, are we building up immunity and, and health or are you infecting your neighbors and, uh, well, and that, mentality? That's so. just it. That was a, a subject I talked with, um, Dr. Ramsey, um, a few months ago yeah. and we were talking about the genetic selection. And one point that I had not even considered was that, we might be hoping to that the bees will genetically select for very specific traits. All the while, Varroa has the leg up on that because they can select for genetic traits much more frequently than bees can. Right. Totally. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of because Varroa has jumped from Apis serrana onto Apis mellifera. You know, Apis serrana has uh, developed over you know millennia. Uh, ways to cope with it. Apis mellifera is kind of a it's kind of a new thing for them, mm-hmm. and so they haven't really been able to, in many ways, develop a natural um, natural selection and method way of dealing with it. You know, interspecies. So um, right now, I'm reading uh, Tom Seeley's book, uh, newest book, uh, and I know you had him on. He's so great. Yeah, um, and it. just talking about varroa in the wild and the wild bees, and I think that's a it's an interesting thing to to. For many beekeepers, backyard beekeepers in particular, to think about uh, the selection there and survival of uh, it's just a very interesting book to me. I was actually with him uh, when he received the very first copy of his book. Oh we're at, at a lunch, and, uh, and it, was, it was just so <laughs> wonderful because he just opened the package and he just had this joy on his face of this new book, and it was just a really special moment for me. Oh, um, was that a moment yeah. that you wish you had had your camera with you? I did have a camera. I took a picture. Oh, of good, <laughs> good. <Okay. laughs> so after this film, I mean, do you plan to make more films about bees? I don't know if I'll do one about bees. I, you know, we're thinking about, you know, uh, had the idea about maybe doing something about bees around the world, but I don't know exactly yet. Um, what was attractive to me about this story, and I just, for people who hadn't seen it, just concentrated entirely in the U.S. was because our agriculture system is so big, and the the immense number of bees that are moved around the the country was was really kind of an outlier. You know, whereas like I think the biggest beekeeper in France, I'm told, is maybe around three thousand thirty five hundred, mm-hmm. uh, whereas here, you know, it's like a hundred thousand. You know, yeah. so the scale that we have here <laughs> is nuts. Last year, I met a beekeeper at the state conference, and he has 10,000 hives. And as a backyard beekeeper, it's hard for me to imagine that, that scale. It's, yeah, it is over the top. And it takes a, it becomes a whole different level of management and organization. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just the, the, way, the, the way they deal with it is just so impressive uh, to me as a just organizationally. I don't know how you keep track of it. Yeah, yeah. But they do it. 
And one of the things that almost brought me to tears watching the film was when a beekeeper's um, his hives had been exposed to some sort of poison, and his bees were dying. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't want to give away too much for anybody who hasn't seen the film yet. It just proves that they they care just as much about their bees as us backyard beekeepers do. Oh, totally. And and that's one of the the things that I, I try and get across in the film is how much these beekeepers do care about the bees. I mean, bees are, you know, classified by the USDA as livestock. And I think a lot of people um, sort of imagine that beekeepers treat them kind of uh, roughly and move around, but they really care about the bees. I mean, not only is it their livelihood and they depend upon them, but they really care about them and they move them very carefully, um, you know, and they're watching the weather so that the bees don't get too hot or too cold when they do have to move them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that when they do have a bad thing like a poison, we had a couple of those that we were unfortunately able to film. And I, I was just sick to my stomach when I saw it because it was, I've had bees get sprayed and I know that feeling. And, but I don't know the feeling. I mean, for me, as a backyard beekeeper, it's um, just a hobby. So it means I, I have to find another hive and bee somewhat, sometime, maybe next year. But when you're out there and that's your business um, and, you know, the, the grower is dependent upon you to, to you know, have, uh, you know, need another 2,000 or 3,000 hives on the spur of a moment, it's a real challenging thing because if they don't get that pollination done, they don't get a full crop. And so there's a lot of economic pressure on it. But it's sad. I mean, it's, it's, it really was a, a heartbreaking thing to to film and the beekeepers, you know, unfortunately, the commercial beekeepers, they deal with this on an annual basis where they are getting sprayed. Um, they come into contact with stuff and sometimes they don't even know the effects if they're sublethal dose. They don't know the effects until weeks later mm-hmm. when their, their queens are not laying or, or something, you know, or, and so it's really, really, really challenging and heartbreaking. And, uh, it, it was just very hard to, to watch. But they do, you know, the, the funny thing about what these beekeepers do is that they are not, I don't think they would prefer to move bees around the country. They make their livings off that, but the, the, it's the changes in agriculture that have really driven this change. It's not the changes in beekeeping. You know, the beekeepers are responding to the changes in our agricultural system. And that is really important, to, I think, to get across. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because it reminded me of another um and something that another beekeeper said, I can't recall his name, but it was the older gentleman who was in quite a bit of the early half of the film. And he said that used to be, you could put the bees in the hive and the more you left them alone, the more honey they made. And now if you leave them alone, they'll die. Yeah. Yeah. That's Dave Hackenberg. Yeah. And um, he was, uh, you know, he was, he was the first person that I uh, signed on to. And he's really well known as a, as a, a beekeeper, commercial beekeeper, and, and he and his son Davey are in business together. And they're, I, what I love about them is that they are incredibly well spoken and they don't hold back. You know, they, they speak the truth. And, and when uh, I've been at big bee meetings, when Dave stands up and when he stands up, people listen. And, um, and because he, he has a lot to say, he's been beekeeping my whole life, uh, you know, which is, <laughs> uh, which is amazing. And, um, and he, you know, he's just a great guy and he really loves his bees, but the business is completely different from when he started. And so he, you know, he does much more management, there's much more changing of queens, there's much more medication that has to be done, 
and uh, and it's just a completely um, different uh, method of work. And all the beekeepers said that the ones that have been in it for a long time, you know, they they used to take the take the summer off and go fishing, and you know, way back in the day, and now they just it's constant work. And that's one of the things I also you know, hope comes across in the film is just how hard these people work. They're just like nonstop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So hard. It just looked exhaustive. And like considering the business yeah. model where they are having to ramp up management and pay for medications and get more queens and they're constantly staying on top of trying to replenish the losses and moving bees around. How can their businesses survive? It was just yeah, it's not so easy. expensive. Yeah. Yeah, there's been, you know, some consolidation of people that get out of it. Um, I think some people are drawn to it because they've heard that you can make money on it, but it, it's hard to, it, it is a tough business because, you know, when these commercial beekeepers, their losses are, you know, 30, 40, 50%, sometimes higher in different parts of the country. And I'm not an economist, but I know when you, you know, 50% loss is not a loss that most businesses can survive you know yeah. and and it's yeah. really hard really really hard on them yeah. and, and emotionally hard i think it's uh it's draining for them to to have to deal with um you know the the exposure to pesticides and, and bee losses it's just i think that has a psychological toll on a lot of them too oh gosh yeah how has making this film changed you interesting um well i i uh i think I mean, I, I paid, you know, I was always pretty much plugged in, I think, to, and curious, it goes back to my curious nature, of where food comes from and who grows it and how things do. But I, I'm always fascinated by what is in bloom wherever I am, uh, what's in the farmer's markets. And I, I try to go to farmer's markets as often as I can, wherever I am for yeah. work and otherwise, um, to see what the local vibe is about and see what's growing. And I have a, I guess, a heightened awareness of that now um, that I tend to notice that as agriculture has gotten more simplified, uh, many supermarkets have much more limited varieties of things. And so I, me personally, I try to go to farmer's markets and I look for heritage things and try and, because I feel like there's some sort of preservation, um, you know, method there to to try and get these heritage varieties of uh of fruits and apples in particular um because i don't think everything should be you know boiled down to a red delicious yeah. um you know this, and so i the heightened awareness of, of what insect is on what flower i guess is is more than it was before for me um i had had that real interest before but now it's really i guess more heightened and and just a you know th there's a story behind it agriculture that I think a lot of us don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot that I don't know, whether that's, you know, fruit pollination or a dairy, you know, there's a story there that, that I think uh, we need to know. And it's, as we, most of us are three or four generations away from the farm and we don't have that connection to where our food comes from, many of us. And that was, again, one of the motivations for an interest for me to try and connect people to their food a little bit more and make them think a little bit. I can, you know, if, if we can connect the dots and sort of refocus the way people look at their lawn or the grocery market or the uh, honey, you know, that's, that's a real, a real high point for me when I, people tell me that that happens for them. And yeah. When, and when then, do you um, get to go home and yeah. sort of 
take a deep breath and reflect on this amazing work that you've done? Well, um, you know, I've been back and forth to home. uh, You know, I was there uh, two days ago, but, you know, for long enough to do laundry, I think, you know, so... um, (laughs) But it's, I'm so thrilled. You know, this was I wasn't anticipating having um, having this much uh, festival um, traffic. You know, early on, and but you never know what festivals are going to program, where and when, and so it's been terrifically exciting. So I'm not. There's no complaint here, um, and so I think it'll it'll wind down into into December um, for the festivals at least, and then we'll we'll go from there. But we're having we're having a great time with it, and one of the great things is that, is that with these film festivals in particular is that meeting local beekeepers, you know, and that um, um, people reach out, you know, connected on people on Instagram and then oh, on Facebook sure. and things like that. And, and so, you know, we connect with local beekeepers in communities as often as we can. And so we had a great time up in Vancouver where we were last week meeting with beekeepers up there. Um, and the film is going to show up there in November on November 11th. And uh, it's just, so much fun to connect with beekeepers. It's such a collegial group of people that I, I just adore. Oh, really um, and I, it's so as, as you know, I mean, with what you're doing here, it's like there, there's, it's a sort of an infinite well of knowledge about bees and everybody has a slightly different take on it. And I always learn something every time I open up a hive and I certainly learn something almost every time I talk to somebody about bees. Mm-hmm. So they see different things. And that was kind of a special moment I had with the, uh, up in Maine with uh, Dave Hackenberg and Bob Harvey, and both of them have been keeping bees longer than I've been alive. <laughs> um, and, uh, and at one point, it was kind of a funny moment when we were filming and loading up a, loading up some hives, and they turned to me and they said, hey, Pete, have you ever seen this before? And, and I was like, it kind of broke the wall between, you know, the observational camera. Um, and I was like, you know, I said, I looked at it. I said, no, I've never seen it. So it's just so I forget what the behavior was at that point. But they were they were both mystified by it. And, and I was like, wow, that's kind of cool that these guys have been keeping bees for, you know, 50 plus years. And they're still seeing stuff that they don't know. Huh. And What was you it? Know, it was a, I don't even remember what it was. It was, <laughs> it was like some sort of the bees were doing something. And it was uh, noticeable to both of them. And I had, I don't even remember what it was. It was, it was just, it was in the middle of the day. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was great. And I love the fact that they shared it with me and asked me what I thought too, which is kind of funny. Has there been anything with your backyard hives that is a really special memory for you or something really funny has happened with them? I always like to hear people's blooper stories when it comes to yeah. working with bees because I've, I have them all the time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, um, well, I got stung on the tip of my nose one time, and that blew up my whole face, oh. um, which was, you know, yeah, which was funny because I had to go to work the next day, and it looked like I, it looked like I got hit the face with a bat. Um, but the, um, I, I think one of the, one of the most special moments for me was the first time I saw a queen emerge, uh, oh. and uh, it just it just blew my mind, you know, um, because I I heard her piping, um, and I knew there was a new queen, and it was a swarm cell, oh. and. Um, and I was sitting there and I just actually watched her just come right out of the cell and it just blew my mind. Um, and she just went right, right, in, right to work. And, uh, it just, that was amazing. Um, but there's, so, so I, I just, it's, it's funny because my wife laughs because when I go out and I get into the bees, I get lost in it. You know, I, I find it so interesting. They're so complex and we know so little. We know a lot, but we know so little 
um, about what they do and what they're all about. And I just think they're, I always see something and there's just, I just leave with the sense of awe of them as insects. And there's so much, I think that we can learn from them uh, about, you know, even though they're insects and we're humans, but I think that, you know, the hive mind and the society and working together and all those things, it's no wonder why bees are such a great metaphor for so many things in our lives. And I just, I just find them inspiring and um, (laughs) endlessly fascinating. They're, they're the ultimate community stewards. Yeah, they really are. It's, it's, it's it's great. It's just amazing. So, and it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been such a great journey with this because I, you know, we did it on uh, like a real shoestring and we had some, uh, you know, grants, but we, you know, when we started, I was, I was aiming to, if I had to, to sleep in, sleep in a van and, you know, went to go out in almonds. And we wanted to start was to start at the beginning of the, of the bee pollination season. And I, I, I was literally going to go sleep in the car and get some footage and then cut it together and try and get some money. And uh, we, we got some early little bit of funding from uh, Burt's Bees, which was great. And that allowed me to uh, at least get a hotel room. Um, <laughs> and then, which is a big deal. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then, um, you know, we, we've just been, there's, it's a journey of a film is like you, you, at least with this film, we didn't know, you know, there's a lot of sweat equity because we didn't have a, a budget. We didn't have a, a producer that was behind us all the way. And so we could, I could put a lot into it. My wife, Sally, put a lot into it. And uh, and we were just able to keep it going and just kept on drawing in people. We had, our editor, uh, Michael Ruder, you know, came on and he loved the project and he, uh, he carried it through and got us through the pro- post-production with his company up in Boston called Edit Bar. And it's just been interesting and fascinating to me how people have wanted to come on board and help and, and get this through and it's not only friends of ours but strangers that have seen it and it touches something there's something about this subject that i think people it's really resonating oh yeah very well with people and um and you know as as you know you know when you get a beekeeper talking it's hard to get them to shut up sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love talking to people about bees and, and uh, what I know, and I love listening to what other people know. And it's just it's so interesting to me. And um, and we're just, you know, I think raising awareness is a really important thing for me to yeah. try and bring this story to people. And, well, and I think that you know you've you've demonstrated that you can use your talents and you can use your voice to send a really important message. And when you get it right, it spreads fast. Yeah, it's been it's been it's been fun. I mean, we we screened at the Mondia, which made me a little nervous because of all the the the, the great minds that were up there. But there are yeah. seven people, I think, from the film that were there, and you know, from Jeff Pettis to to um, Sam Ramsey to um, Jim and Marianne Fraser and uh, Brady. Um, there were just a, it was a great grouping of people, and and people really liked it. And um, you know, so so it's like I, I find it very interesting that showing it to people. We're interested in food or we're interested in gardening is one thing and showing it to scientists or another thing, but they're all interested in it. And it's, um, that's, that's really fascinating. I've been very, very, very happy with, uh, with, um, with how people have been responding to it. It's just, it's just wonderful. I got really excited when I saw a friend of mine in the film. His name is Byron Chester. And oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was one of you, my. I, I can't believe you know Byron Chester. Yeah, so he was one of my earliest interviews for the show, 
and really, I, I've stayed in touch with him, and I, I just adore him. And I, yeah, he's great. I sent him a message right away, and I'm like, I didn't recognize you in that bee suit because he, yeah, he's never in his bee yeah. suit. But he's like, okay, it was robbing season. You know, there's a there's a time for a bee suit. But he said yeah. it was really great to be a part of that, and so I was really excited to see him. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I didn't I didn't know you knew him. Yeah, he was great. Their their whole crew. Those guys, uh, his brother Joshua was there, um, and uh, Maurice Washington, I think, was the other guy, um, and their crew. And they were just, it was wonderful. You know, we just spent with the uh, AD farms out there, the AD honey growers, honey uh, honey producers. And it was robbing season, and that that, uh, that was one of the more intense days in terms of uh, bees uh, <laughs> that I'd ever been in. Uh, with, with They were just going crazy. Um, but Byron is great, and we we just and it's it's one of the great things of the. It was so funny that when I was doing this, I didn't really know where I was necessarily going to be and what was going to happen. It wasn't like really strictly managed and produced so that you know by a clockwork. And so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Brady's dad, uh, Richard, uh, took us out there and said, "Yeah, these guys are you know, just hang out with them for the." for the day if you want and so we did and we just you know had a real blast with them um and it was funny that even moving bees around is sometimes i would get a uh, a phone call or a text message well so-and-so is going to be moving bees into almonds and you can meet him here and i would call home and tell tell sally i said well i'm gonna go out and meet this beekeeper at two o'clock in the morning out in the middle of the almond orchard <laughs> on google pin and i and i never knew who it was and where it was going to be and and I thought, this is kind of crazy. I'm out at two o'clock in the morning out meeting some stranger in the middle of this, you know, middle of nowhere. And, it's like you uh, can only do that with beekeepers. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, that's what he said. It's, it's like, yeah, but it's a beekeeper. So, you know, what could go wrong? You know, it's like, right. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> and then it would, and then it would be, all right, well, you're going to, you're going to meet 60 miles away and it's going to be four trucks instead of two. And it's going to be at four o'clock in the morning. And that, so, but that's the nature of uh, bee moving and agriculture. It's just there was nothing that was predictable about it at all. But they're fine. We, we meeting the people and the, the beekeepers and this is a, you know, become very friendly with the uh, with pretty much all the subjects in the film and stay in touch with them. They they are really interested in the film and um, and so when we have screenings to try and you know festival screenings to try and have um, let them know you know depending on where I never know where beekeepers are but um, try and keep in touch with so we're going to be in. You know, we'll be in San Francisco or we'll be in Boston or we'll be in North Carolina or wherever and see if any of them want to come. And a lot of times yeah, it's great. Yeah, sign they, some autographs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, so cool. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time and for making this incredible film. Yeah. I've really enjoyed it. And I, I hope that this is the kind of thing that, um, you know, students in high school will watch. Yeah, we, well, you know, we have a, that is our plan is that, you know, we do, we are going to be, you know, we're doing the festival uh, circuit right now and we're still on that. Um, but we're also doing the demand film screenings. Mm-hmm. And, and then after that, we are still working out what it's going to be, but we are, uh, in all likelihood going to do a broadcast and a streaming, uh, for, for television. Um, and then we do have a, a plans to do uh, a big educational push because we're getting requests almost on a daily basis mm-hmm. from, not only beekeeping groups, but from universities and high schools 
and uh, garden clubs and things like that. So we're going to have a, yeah. I think it's going to have a long life uh, in terms of like community screenings as well as educational. We've been reached, several universities have reached out to us and high schools. We're going to be doing a, a thing in uh, Napa Valley uh, in the middle of November with a bunch of uh, school kids out there, which is very exciting because oh, that's where the change yeah. is going to come from. I can really believe there's so much interest for the young people in this. And if, they can connect these dots and bring that message home to their parents. That's really, I think that's an important element um, of how, you know, awareness is shared. Our, our website is pollinators.net and we, we try and keep that current with um, uh, festivals, but then also onward distribution and then the demand thing, the demand film uh, screening on November 6th in the U.S. is the next big push. And that'll be a, and it'll still be available in other theaters at other times. But just for sake of organization mm-hmm. and media management and publicity, you know, putting having a national day of screening is uh, is really an important element. So we're gonna um, we're putting a big push on to see how how that'll go. But it's it's very very exciting to be able to do that. We're just so happy. The fact that I was a backyard beekeeper, I think, was helpful in terms of doing the film because of the knowledge that that um, that just familiarity and comfort with bees that I could talk to, you know, the, the commercial beekeepers and they knew that I knew my way around a beehive. Yeah. Um, but that also gave me enough, you know, that I could sort of hold my own with somebody like Sam Ramsey, not in the science, but just in terms <laughs> right. of, you know, because they're, they're a whole other level in that regard. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's a certain amount that, that really helped the, me being able to do this film was the fact that I was a beekeeper, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will admit that I have held bias against the commercial beekeeping industry. Yeah. And my, I get that. my perspective yeah. has changed. The more beekeepers I talk to, um, and Byron certainly helped that, but this yeah. film really, really helped me to see it from another perspective. And so I'm really yeah. glad for that. It's it, it was the yeah. reminder that I needed that, hey, commercial beekeepers, they love their bees too. Yeah, and it's not a, you know, it's not a, it's my takeaway really from it is that it's not a sustainable system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right? it's not it their be, fault. It's not their fault that it's not a no, sustainable system. It's not. No, it, it would be, it would be much better if we had a system that, did not require bees to be moved. I think that would be better, um, you know, all the way around. But it's a change in agriculture. They're just responding to that. And who else is going to do it? People have a lot of bees. Yeah. So that's the that's the, the takeaway. But I think that, you know, it's, it can be done better. You know, it can be done better with less pesticides. It can be done better with crop rotation and more diversity in um, in growing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, the answer is. Finding somewhere that is not as simplified monoculture yeah that, of, the term uh, simplified i think was brilliant yeah it's just it's not it's not right i mean it's, it's why I'm, I'm out in indiana here right now and we just you know we drove down from chicago and it's just like corn soy corn soy soy corn corn so you know it's like that's all we saw and it's like wow so there's so much more that could be done added into there that could be better for everybody i think but I'm not a farmer. <laughs> um, it is, okay. This has been this has been really amazing. Yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's great talking to you. Yeah, really you too. And um, let's keep in touch. You bet.
Absolutely. Thank you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Bye. To learn more about the pollinators and Peter's work, you can visit him online at peternelsondp.com. I'll include links to his website and how to purchase tickets to the pollinators on beekeeperconfidential.com. If you've been enjoying the show, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Like and share Beekeeper Confidential on social media. And if you want to give even more support, you can visit my Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Mandy Shaw. Until next time, may the buzz be with you. Confidential is a Waggle Works production and is written and produced by Mandy Shaw. It's great. We didn't even talk about Meredith. You know, Meredith oh is one God, of those great people that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so cool that she connected us. Yeah, she's, you know, we, we kind of reached out to her uh, a little bit blind. We didn't know her, uh, but I'd heard about uh, the Honey Bus and Sally, my wife, Sally Roy, had heard about. Honey bus, and so we got got the book and read it. And because we were going to San Francisco, we said, "Hey, let's invite her to a screening." And so she came oh, cool. to uh, San Francisco Doc Fest, and we've become like really good friends. It's really, I mean, the book is amazing. I just love it. You know, yeah. it's just, I, I just love the book, and she's just wonderful. You know, and uh, so yeah, so it's great that it's she's a great example of somebody who's become a friend through this whole process. That I never would have met before, probably. Yeah, so, I think like that. That's the thing about being in this community is you just there's so many connections to be made. Everybody knows everybody, totally. and uh, and yeah, it's yeah, really true. like doing this show, I've made lots of new friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, no, it's, but it's great. Meredith was lovely. Yeah. I well, actually I won her book in a social oh, media giveaway. And I won a copy oh, of her fun. book and then two little adorable jars of her Honey Bus Honey. Oh, wow. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was just totally thrilled head to toe when she said she would be on the show. And it was a oh, yeah, great she's, she's conversation. Great. And yeah, it was really wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>